Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Back for the final segment of Inside Purple and Gold. Jace Frederick, Dane Mizutani here, breaking down Minnesota's, dare I say, dominant uh, 23-7 win over the oh, Packers at U.S. It. Bank Stadium. Dominant in just about every sense, just every about every phase of the game. Uh, frankly, special teams maybe kind of a wash, but offensively, Minnesota was great. Defensively, they were great. Uh, this could be an interesting season. And, and follow along with us every step of the way here. We'll be back on Tuesday, Thursday. Um, previewing the Eagles game on Monday night. So follow, subscribe uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get those. Uh, follow, subscribe, make sure you're getting every episode as, as Dane and I move forward in this season. Uh, Dane, we talked a little bit about this last segment. I want to get into it a little bit more. Green Bay, like the heavy favorite in the division coming into today, did not play well. And frankly, like you mentioned it, Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, those are the pillars of their offensive line. They were out. Ellen Lazard, wide receiver one, out. Uh, the defense was dropping like flies. Like they were losing guys left and right. Uh, it's like, oh, this guy's out. He might not return. And this guy's out. He might not return. Like they were missing like three or four rotational players by the end of the game. And then they just didn't play very well anyway. Uh, what did you think of this unit um, as a whole? And and then maybe cap off of what you think of the offense in the first game, Sands, Devontae Adams. Yeah, I just think as a whole, you look at Green Bay and like they weren't full strength. So you can't, I, I, I don't think we can glean much out of this game from, you know, if you want to be an optimistic Vikings fan and say, okay, the, you know, the division runs through the NFC, the NFC North runs through Minnesota now. I mean, you can think that because of what happened in week one, but the group as a whole was not healthy. It was not ready. And I think that was clear. And I think we've seen with Green Bay in the past that they're able to kind of hit another level as, as the season progresses. I will say that the offense without Devontae Adams, that would be one thing if you wanted to latch on to from a Minnesota Vikings perspective, that would give you kind of hope that this was something, a sign of th- things to come. I, I don't when – when the, when the Packers got blown out by the Saints last year in week one, I think you could look at that team and say, okay, there's a lot of pieces here that they can still be really good. I have a little bit of concern to, if, if you're looking at the Packers offense, because it's pretty clear and, and maybe they'll develop this chemistry as, as the season progresses, but Rogers isn't in love with a lot of these receivers that he has to throw to right now. Um, I think I saw you tweeted Jace, like a lot of his Aaron Rodgers project pro- progressions throughout this game where is Aaron Jones open? No. Is AJ Dillon open? No. Is Aaron Jones open? <laughs> like it's, it's like that was the offense and 
there was a key third down. He's throwing to Randall Cobb. Like Randall Cobb's not the same player he was six, seven, eight years. He's ancient. He's ancient. I mean, right? Like so. Yeah, I guess like if you look at this offense, I think they'll be better because they still have who I would argue is maybe the best quarterback in the in the league in the world. But but maybe he's getting to a point where he can't transcend a lack of talent around him. We saw it happen late in Peyton Manning's career. Like for a long time, Peyton Manning was a guy who it didn't matter. He threw back there with him. He was going to make Donald Jones or Austin Cawley or whoever it was like a relevant player. And then when he got to Denver and his arm kind of went away, you, you saw kind of the regression of, okay, if he doesn't have elite playmakers around him, Peyton Manning is not what he once was. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers has fallen off a cliff. I'm just saying you look at, the playmakers they have around him outside of the running back position and it's lacking. So I, I think that could be a cause for concern if, if you follow the Packers. Devonte Adams is such a great release off the line uh, route guy. Like he can win within like a second. Um, so that gives you so many easy plays and whether that be 10 yards or is releasing and getting 20 yards down the field, like it's instant, it's easy money. Um, and we saw that he did the exact same thing with Vegas today. Um, it's, it's easy money with Devonte Adams and green Bay has none of that now. Um, it's like guys are going to have to be schemed open. Uh, like you watch and Alan Lazard is, is probably not that guy either, but I do believe now, I didn't know if I believed it coming into the game, but that's their wide receiver one because Sammy Watkins is just a guy. Um, we've known that for a while now and he's aging and still just a guy. Uh, Romeo, Romeo Dobbs. It was like, okay, good preseason. I watched him today. That's just a guy. Uh, Kristen Watson, you can see more hope for him as like what he could be as a player, as he, as he, as he progresses and maybe learns to catch the ball. Uh, but like, <laughs> You could see why he was the second-round pick and Romeo Dobbs was the fourth-round pick because Christian Watson's a better football player uh, than Romeo Dobbs, and they just don't have anything. Like, I wouldn't trust Watson, frankly, either as, like, a high-volume guy right now. They don't have much. Um, Aaron Rodgers, it literally got to the point where he was just looking to see if A.J. Dillon could beat his guy off the check down um, for five yards and then see what A.J. Dillon does from there. It was like, where is Aaron Jones? It so often was, especially in the second half as Minnesota went, you know, with, like, more of the umbrella coverage look like, okay, Aaron Rodgers takes two seconds, looks down, goes, nope, none of these guys beat anybody. Um, and then instantly looked down to the check down. And that was why he got hammered once because he was looking for AJ Dillon, who had already just been trucked by Zadarius Smith because Zadarius Smith beats his guy and then just runs through AJ Dillon. So AJ Dillon's on the ground. So when Aaron Rodgers looks back for that check down, it's not there. So he just has to eat it and get hammered. Um, I don't know how, what they have for playmakers. Alan Lazard is going to have to come back and be like, be a really significantly improved player from where he was a year ago. Now coming off injury, uh, uh, Green Bay offensively, I, I it's going to be a heavy run offense. I think it's going to go for a lot of balance, a lot of Aaron Jones, a lot of AJ Dillon. I don't know what they're going to do defensively if they get you know most of those guys. I don't think there were too serious of injuries. Obviously that the one air cast that's not good, uh, but. I think that'll be a really good unit. I don't know if Green Bay is going to be some high-powered offense all year. No, you know, it, it's just hard to see a world in which they will be because, like you said, just like the lack of playmakers around. I think what you can latch onto from a Packers perspective, and you know, if you're doing the exercise of can the Vikings win the division, is like that defense is going to be improved. It's going to solid defense as is, and a couple minor injuries today. Um, so. I, it's just weird to think like the Packers might have to rely on their defense more than their offense. It's felt like the opposite for so long. Um, we'll see. Like, I, I just, 
you can't walk away from this game feeling too good if you're a Packers fan. Like, because there aren't a lot of quick fixes out there. I think the defense will be better. I think your offensive line will be better because as they get more healthy, that's just going to happen. But the crux of this team for the longest time was they just win because Aaron Rodgers can kind of get them there and they have just enough playmakers to kind of make it happen as well. Like, I'm not sure that's there anymore. I think the offensive line will give Aaron Rodgers more time moving forward. But now you're asking like, okay, now given three and a half seconds, can Romeo Dobbs get open? <laughs> you're not given three and a half seconds. Can Sammy Watkins get open? And if you go against like good secondaries, I'm not so sure that'll be the case. Um, but enough about Green Bay. This isn't in a Vikings podcast. I do want to get into like, okay, this is one week. And Minnesota was super impressive in so many different ways today. So what does this mean to you? Like have has your picture of the Vikings and how you're viewing this team in this season, did this change um, after just 60 minutes of football? Obviously, we don't want to like... With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know, go way too far one direction or the other. But like now there were so many unknowns and now there are a few more knowns. We have a little bit more evidence and one week does not make an NFL season. But how has your outlook changed on this group, if at all? It hasn't really very much. Like I still think this is probably 10 wins maybe 11 wins now, if you can steal a couple here and there. I'm looking at the schedule, actually, and this week one performances across the league were, were pretty random and wild. inspiring. Like, we were recording this at 9.30 on a Sunday, and, and Dallas is just getting railroaded right now. Like, that, in my opinion, was a loss on the schedule for the Vikings. Maybe it's a win now. Uh, you know, But, like, I don't think you can look at this game and say, like, this is the, the – they're the favorites in the NFC North. They're the favorites in the NFC now um, just because it's so fickle week to week. Um, but I think if you hone in on like certain aspects, like, yeah, I think you can feel really good about the offense. Yeah. I think you can feel really good about the defense. Um, can they stack these performances on top of each other over and over and over again? I'm not sure. We'll see what the consistency. Now, if we're, if we're recording this in week three, and the, and the Vikings are 3-0, and and they beat Philly next week and Monday night, and they come back and, and they beat the Lions. Like, I think, like, then you can come away from that and say, like, okay, yeah, maybe expectations have changed. Maybe this team can be better than, than what we thought. Um, but I think it's too early to make sweeping declarations of, like, how good can this team be? Um, because right now they're just a really good 1-0 one and, one and football team. They've got to come back and do it again and again and again. So, Okay, you've seen one week of it. Have some fun here. What is your end of season stat line prediction for Justin Jefferson? Uh, Three thousand seventy-four yards <laughs> or whatever, whatever one eighty-four times seventeen is. Kirk did declare him the MVP preseason for front runner through week one, so <laughs> he did, and he might be. He might um, be. Yeah. No, I don't. I really don't think two thousand is like out of the realm of possibility. I think Cooper Cup went for nineteen forty-seven. Yeah, or some. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why not? I mean, he, he started off with 184 yards against, I would say, like a really good 
Packers secondary, but like they didn't shadow him with Jair Alexander, which I thought was kind of weird. You can't. Teams Either- are so hesitant to go with this to to go with like their main guy on the inside, and Minnesota moved him inside so much. Like there was almost none, like Justin Jefferson for Jair Alexander, which is like good on the Vikings. Why do you want to play that game? Yeah. So, but either way, like he just put up 184 against what we all think will be a very, very good defense. Our producer Spencer noted that is a pace of 3,128 yards. I think for a season, you you should have some fun. So, until further notice, he is on pace for 3,128 yards, and that is my prediction for what he'll be he'll finish at this season. And 34 touchdowns. Yes or no? 2,000 yards. Yes. Okay. Yes or yes. no? Twenty touchdowns. No, because I, 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 I would say I think no two thousand is fair. I think touchdowns are random. Yeah. I think there there's going to be games where, I mean, you look at today, his his biggest play of the game was sixty four yard bomb, where she was running wide open again, which we can continue to talk about why because the offense is just so good at scheming him open. The sixty four yard bomb, his his biggest play of the game was not a touchdown, and while he <laughs> Was some by the end of that drive, Justin Jefferson was the one targeted in the end zone, and he, and he couldn't get his other foot in bounds. I just think touchdowns can be kind of random. I think Adam Thielen's going to get a bunch this year. I think KJ Osborne's going to get a bunch. I think you could even look at a guy like Irv Smith as he continues to be more get more healthy. I just think like there's enough playmakers on this offense, or Kevin O'Connell's going to spread it, the wealth around enough, you know, down in the end zone that. 20 seems like a lot of touchdowns. Cooper Cup had 17 last year, and he had the best season that I can remember. So 20 is a lot, but I think 2,000 yards. And I, I do think receiving yards are more emblematic of how good of a season you've had. Just like it shows that you've dominated more consistently. I think that's very possible, and I, and I would take the over on that. It um everything just looks so easy today, and I think that's the biggest thing. Like that's my general takeaway was that Justin Jefferson did a couple things that looked awesome, but so much of it didn't even look special because it was just so easy. Um, and that's exactly what I think I thought of Cooper Cup a lot last season as well. It literally is like, and they said it on the broadcast, how is he so open? It's like that's just making your life easy for your playmakers and hyper targeting your playmakers. Like this is all anybody's ever wanted. He's the best player on the field. Like Aaron Rodgers said, like you're the best player in football. Like throw him the ball, you know, like, and, and that's what everybody's been asking for for forever. And not only did Minnesota hyper target him, but they got him in good situations to do it. Like, that's it. That's how you, that's how this team is going to roll. Um, that's how, that's how Kirk Cousins is going to be his best self um, is by getting Justin Jefferson the ball. So, okay. Is this an overreaction to say that the North is Minnesota's to win now? Minnesota's to lose. Better way to put it. No. And and maybe that goes a little bit against of what I just said earlier in the segment about like how you can't take too much stock in, in into week one. But I think you should absolutely feel like it's yours to lose now. Like there's you look at around you look at the schedule and then you look at what you just did with to Green Bay and then you look at what Green Bay is lacking, like we just talked about. I think if you're from the Vikings' perspective, it it, it absolutely has to feel like your division to win. And I guess that would be an overreaction because we're one week into this thing, and who knows what it's going to look like in a month from now. But there was so much good, and and it looked so easy, and it was like such a kind of culmination of all these expectations, all this like 
positive speak that we talked about in the off season. Uh, yeah. I think you should feel like it's, 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 if you're the Vikings, you should feel like it's your division to win at this point. Conversely, if you lost this game, like we, we talked about it, you can't bank on, on, if you lose today, you can't bank on winning in Lambeau. Then you're zero two against the Packers, and essentially you're three games back with a tiebreaker. Now you put a little bit of pressure on them when 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 the Green Bay Packers in the middle of the season host host the Vikings at Lambeau Field. If they don't win, the division's over. Because I think you look at it. I know the Bears beat the 49ers today. I know Detroit pushed Philly to the brink. I still think these two teams, the Packers and the and the Vikings, are the class of the North. Vikings already up one zero on, on green Bay. So, uh, you know, I, I think that that bodes well for the future. True or false. After watching the Rams fall apart and the Vikings play the way they did, Kevin O'Connell was the true mastermind of the Rams offense. hundred percent true. You could see it. You could see it on Thursday night. They were lost without him. They were lost without him. The Rams were and Wow! Sure, the sure, the sure the Rams made a Super Bowl before Kevin O'Connell even got there, but they didn't win one until the, the maestro no. was there. They didn't win one. That you, that you just said it. I, I, for all all we know, <laughs> Kevin O'Connell is 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 the true quarterback's whisper. He's the true person that can get the most out of a guy like Matt Stafford and now a guy like Kirk Cousins. I'm joking a little. Yeah, you know his his like emotion in the post game press conference today stood out to me like. I love this team. Like uh, we've got a great team here. Like, and a lot of that is probably a guy who just won his first game as head coach. But I think like that type of message and I know, yeah, obviously he's going to say we have stuff to work on, but like, yeah, you won a big game. Come in and say like, this team's great. I think we can do some great things. Like just keep instilling belief, keep instilling confidence. I think that is the path that these players have wanted for so long. Um, and I think it was great to see that raw emotion and maybe get a little insight to how, what he's been saying to his team. Um, and I think we heard some of that post game. Did that stand out to you at all? I thought that was kind of cool to see. Yeah. And, and it's okay to like say those things, right? Like not everything has to be so terse and, and cards close to the vest. I, I'm clearly talking about Mike Zimmer without saying his name, but like, yeah, you just want a big game. Be excited. That's fun. Like this, you, you have to play a game. And while it means a lot, and a lot of things that are meaningful come out of this game that we get to watch and cover on a on a weekend by weekend basis, like I think there was a little bit of this is a game and it's really fun, and today was really fun, and I think you saw that with O'Connell. I don't think you saw that very often with Mike Zimmer, and I think that can be exhausting when it it's always, you know the sky is falling and we're never, you know, appreciating the good moments. I don't think that'll be an issue with this group. Um, if, if week one and the reaction to this win was any, any example. I, my biggest, my last parting thought was like, it was just so much more watchable today. And that was not even like, because they won because they outplayed green Bay, but it was because they kind of went for it. It was because it seemed like they played to win the game. Um, it, it, there was no like hesitancy. There was no, let's milk it out. There was, it was like, let's go, let's push the ball down the field. Let's get the ball. Let's put our best players in the positions to make plays. Let's put Zadarius Smith in different positions to attack Aaron Rodgers. Let's, let's get the ball in Justin Jefferson's hands. Let's find a couple different ways to get down and cook the ball. Like let's be aggressive. Let's push it down the field. Like that's all anybody wants to see. You just want to go down swinging um, if, if you're going to lose a game. And it's also the best way to win a game. So like it, it was infinitely more watchable. I think like watching, 
Vikings games in the last couple of years was a painful experience in many ways. And even if they go to Philadelphia and they lose 24-21, it looks like the Eagles have a pretty good team this year. If they go down aggressively, I think people can say, well, it was fun. Um, and I think at the end of like last season, it was like, oh, my goodness. Thankfully, I don't have to watch this team for another nine months. Now I think fans are going to say, I can't wait for Monday night. I can't wait for that Eagles game. Um, so for Kevin O'Connell, like I think that's just a breath of fresh air uh, that players have talked about. And I think fans really got to see it today. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like we, we, we mentioned the word joy a lot in the lead up to the season. There wasn't any last year. It was joyless. It was joyless from a team perspective, from a fan perspective. I would imagine from a front office perspective, it's, it's the opposite now. And I think they're a fun team. I think they're, they're someone where you can look at teams across the league and casual fans and, and people are going to want to watch the Vikings, which is not something that we, we were saying a lot of in the past couple of years. So jump on, jump on the bandwagon, I guess. So it, it, it should be a fun season to, to cover and follow. I, I will say. Yeah, we'll continue to do that moving forward here. We're back on Tuesday as we start to preview that Monday night showdown between what will be two one and O teams, Philadelphia and Minnesota under the bright lights of Monday night football Looking forward to that. Lots to talk about here in this week. Kind of chewing back on more from this game. Looking forward to Philadelphia. We'll be back Tuesday, Thursday, after the Philly game. It just keeps rolling the NFL season one week after another now. We are officially back. Minnesota is back. Maybe back in a big way. Um, for Inside Purple and Gold, Jace Frederick, Jamie Zutani. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye.